tap it in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Big Players Only podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including golf from your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny, one putt. Tonight, we'll wrap up the PGA Tour season as we recap the thrilling finish at the Tour Championship, crowning Rory McIlroy the 2022 PGA Tour season champion. Then we'll recap some big player golf from this past weekend, a charity scramble at Musket Ridge Golf Club that we just fell short in, and a fun 2v2 match at Richland Golf Course in Middletown, Maryland. Make sure you head on over to our Instagram and follow us at BigPlayersOnlyPod, and follow our presenting sponsor at Forecraft Cocktails. Without them, none of this would be possible. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Four Craft Cocktails, the best tasting and easiest drinking transfusion on the market. Whether you're on the course, at a tailgate, or enjoying a Friday night with your friends, you'll find the pre-mixed 7% Four Craft Transfusion, just what you're looking for to mix things up. With a variety of other products, including a Bloody Mary, Ranch Water, and a coming this summer John Daly, it's the go-to beverage for the big players. A family-owned, all-natural, gluten-free drinking option that has the guys playing their best and feeling even better. You can find all their retail locations at 4craftcocktails.com. That's F-O-R-E, craftcocktails.com. And make sure to mention to your local beer shop and golf course that we need these things everywhere. All right, the 2022 PGA Tour season comes to a close. I don't think anyone's happier than me. Rory McIlroy takes home the cake, played an unbelievable season, played fewer events than anyone in the top 10, manages to take it home at East Lake. Uh, starts six shots behind, has a really, really great weekend. I don't know about you guys, but watching Scotty and Rory battle it out in, a, in kind of a time of turmoil for the PGA Tour, I don't think they could have asked for a much better product for their Tour Championship. So what are you guys' thoughts on the Tour Championship? I feel like, you know, the right guy won. You know, Rory won, and like I, somebody on the pod picked him. I'm not sure who it was exactly. We, you, someone, you can listen back to that. Was it you? Did you yeah, pick Rory? It was, oh, I remember. It was Nick. Yeah, it was oh, great nice. pick. Great wow, pick. Yeah, big, big brain pick there. Great yeah. pick. But I mean, it was the right storyline. It's the guy that's kind of been the the guy standing up for the PGA Tour all season, and for him to win was great. But also, he actually played the best, regardless of the strokes. You know, he beat Scotty. You know, he was 17 under compared to Scotty was. So that means Rory shot 13 under. Scotty would have only shot 10 no, under. No. no, Rory was 17 under without his strokes. Without his strokes, wow. And then Scotty was 8 so under. So yeah, 10. 10, 10 so under. 7 shots better than yeah. Scotty so over like four he, rounds. But he started like 6 strokes back or something yeah. like that. So it was actually like really substantial comeback by Rory in the grand scheme of things. So it was good to see that, you know, as much as I hate that format, that the right guy actually managed to win the best player from that week. Did, did Rory win it or did Scotty lose it? Because Scotty did have the worst final round of anybody, tied worst. R- Rory literally won the tournament. Well, yeah, know, it's I'm a great, saying. it's a good point, man. Scotty really just didn't have his stuff. Like it just, I he couldn't make a birdie, and he's missing greens, and he's like you can't miss greens, and just he struggled early on. I mean, he's hitting three woods off tees and missing fairways, and then he's blocking himself out from the green. It just wasn't the Scotty that we've expected to see, but. Like I think we've we've covered is like East Lake is a course that the more experience you have there, the better you play there. And you see a guy like Rory who's played there a ton, now a three time winner there. It's like he just he ran over the field. 
It was funny for me, like, we saw Scotty win so many times this year, but those last three holes, just the look on his face. Yeah, he looked frustrated. Like he was frustrated. He you, he didn't have, like, the, call it that it factor. But like, you looked at Rory, and he's really strutting down the fairways. He had that look in his eye that he was going to go out and win this thing, and Scotty just didn't have that look. And it was so surprising because that morning he went out and just absolutely blistered the back nine to get that six-stroke lead yeah. after the rain delay. Four under so, his last six. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Going into that final round, the, the uh, color commentary people were saying, oh, this is going to be the hardest day of his life to like pull this off and take home the tour championship. And I'm sitting there thinking, he's six strokes up. He's just going to coast. Yeah. But then he three-putted that first hole, I think, and then that's when, after the way Putty's, or Scotty's been putting all year. <laughs> oh, Putty been scotting. <laughs> after the way Scotty's been putting all year, it was kind of uh, the wheels starting to come off, it, it seemed. Well, that was the stat that they said that I just – you kind of lose it in, in the grand scheme of things when you think about how great Scotty's season was, but putting four to eight feet, Scotty's 170th on tour. How do you, I mean, that's outstanding. I mean, how can you be number one player on the PGA tour through and through like you're thousands of points ahead going into the playoffs and you have a stat that that's specifically that bad. I mean, that's hard to see. Yeah. That, was it 17? He pushed that one like a foot, right? It was, it was a was terrible like, stroke. I was like, wow, I was, I mean, I would have done better than that. It was kind of interesting <laughs> though. Like all three, the top three guys all had like that kind of like, Chokey-ish moment, like yeah. Rory pulled that one. Rory left. pulled it into the grandstands. Got lucky because of how the rules work with like dropping around that stuff. And then uh, Sung Jay like chunked, uh, shot out of the rough, and then Scotty blades it out of the bunker. They all had like a chance to like really like run away with it almost, or like make a make a statement. Make Rory have to maybe do a little bit more. Or Rory to kind of put the exclamation point on it. They all kind of labored a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I don't know if I would have called yeah. that a choke by Rory. It's a 240-yard shot off a downhill lie. Like, it's a tough shot. But <laughs> he, did, he did not hit yeah. a good shot. But he put himself in a position that, like, he knew if he made par, he's probably getting into a playoff, right? But then Scotty just, oh, my God, Scotty's bunker shot over the green. I think the shot that Rory hit that looked a little nervy was his, like, bunker shot on 17, his second shot that he hit, like, 30 yards over the green that he thought he kind of like club twirled it after he hit it too. And it just went sailing over the green. Sure. But I mean, that was a horrible shot. If, it, if it, the grandstands aren't there, that's 75 yards past the green. I mean, say what you want. They play off the grandstands all the time, but it's par five. You know, you go for two on a par five, you're going to get in some precarious positions. It was a fun ending though. I mean, it was like, it could have easily been like Sunjay and Scott Stallings out there. I mean, it was like the right guys were there. It was fun. It was exciting. And they, you know, they made for a good final show. So yeah, I think Sunjay M, when we first started this podcast, we picked some of our favorite players under 25. And I think Sunjay yeah. was mine because the kid can light it on fire. I mean, he got hot here. He shoots, you know, four under, four under, and Friday on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, there was a point in time where he was making three, four birdies in a row, and you're like, what is this kid doing when Scotty can't even buy a birdie? I mean, the guy played unbelievable golf. So with this win, does anyone think Rory has any claim potentially at the player of the year? I mean, obviously, Scotty's kind of been the front runner all year with his four wins, win the Masters, get, you know, being real hot, jumping to number one. This brings Rory to three wins with, at the CJ Cup, RBC Canadian Tour Championship, top 10 in all the majors, 10 top 10s in his 16 events that he actually played in. Not to mention, you know, he's obviously probably on, you know, the PGA Tour's good side with all of his uh, outspokenness against Liv. Think there's any chance he takes that from Scotty? Who votes for player of the year? The players. The players do? Yep. So no chance Cam's going to win it? Yeah, no, Cam, Cam's not. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'll for, be eligible. For some obvious yeah. reasons, I don't think uh, he's going to be. That's uh, temp, temp, yeah, temp, technically like a pending lawsuit, I guess, because that's kind of what they're <laughs> saying is like the yeah. past performance, but I don't think Cam necessarily is in the Is it running. just players or players? Is it just players that vote for it? I think it's both, but I think players the players have the major major weight. I think you still got to give it to Scotty. He's, yeah. <clears> he's what? Masters. Masters champion, he's had an unbelievable year. Majors, baby. I mean, let's be honest, he should have won it this past weekend. He had a six-stroke lead going in. He was right there at the end. He was, 
I know we have our gripes with how the tour championship set up, but he definitely deserved to have that lead going into it. He deserved to be there at the end. He just kind of choked it away, but I think he's still the player of the year. Yeah, I don't think coming T2 in the tour championship is a bad thing for his resume. No, certainly, it wasn't bad. It's was just, it, I mean, it was a definitely an exclamation point. It feels like all the biggest moments from the year at the PGA Tour, like you really kind of remember, like, yes, you remember Scotty winning, but there's how big was Rory winning at the RBC Canadian, even though it's not really like a tournament it, it was an important it, week. It felt like it was, it was an important such a week. big. It felt like it got like a lot of momentum, a lot more praise. I, I think, think if Rory wins the Open, it's it's too uh, close to call. I think if Rory wins the Open, he's hundred percent wins it. But I think that Scotty winning the Masters, I think, puts him ahead of Rory in this case. Yeah, sure. It's. I also was looking back, and there was a lot of people that had like three wins. Yeah, yeah. Season. Sam Burns, Xander, Cam Smith, and then Rory and Scotty all had three wins or more each. I think Scotty suffers from recent the recency bias also because. We forget how hot he was. Like he won, he won the dumb match play. He won the Masters. He won like three out of four yeah. tournaments in a row at one point. And we we're like, this is an unbelievable run. And then he didn't kind of didn't really do anything since then. But he's still. No, I wasn't one. trying to take anything away from him. I know. I'm just it's saying. A, it's like, good, it's like we talked about, now. if Rory won the Open Championship, he would be Player of the Year right away. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it'd be close. But we also say that because the. Open Championship was the latest major. Like, that's the last one that we remember the best, I think. I yeah. think winning the Tour Championship and a major would outweigh winning a major and second at Tour Championship. So, in other news, uh, we have uh, a bunch more players going to live. Some big names this time. Some heartbreaks for the big players. We'll start with Cam Smith. We kind of knew that one was coming. Uh, but a guy in HV3, Harold Varner III, Ugh. ECU alum, a guy that we think like really portrays what the PGA Tour stands for, a guy that gives back to the community a ton, and noted that in his note to the public saying that this is just too big of a financial opportunity for me. It's going to allow me to grow my foundations and stuff like that. It's hard to see HV3 go. We got Mark Leishman going with Cam, kind of the Australian game. We had noted maybe Adam Scott. I don't think that one's necessarily off the table, but we'll see. Honorban Lahiri, once again, this is Liv trying to tap into these, you know, other markets. Joaquin Neiman, I think that's a big one. I think Joaquin's a big star here on the PGA Tour, a guy that was a number one amateur in the world when he came up, right? He's got a couple, two or three PGA Tour wins, and then a guy not too noteworthy, but uh, Cameron Dringali, he's a Grayson guy. So it's something to be said about what some of these smaller fashion brands are going to do. But uh, of these names, guys, what are your reactions? Uh, I'm surprised by Jocko a little bit. I mean, he does have Sergio there, but I know that was your boy a couple of years ago. And with how young he still is, it's like he was really starting to make a name for himself on the tour. Yeah, I love and, I love Joaquin. I yeah, think I'm kind of surprised that he's going. Chilean golf has really taken the next step. You take a, think about some of these Central and South American countries that have golf talent but hadn't been on the map yet, and Chile really made that move with Joaquin and now Mito. But to see Joaquin go, it's it's a heartbreaker for me. The first ever like PGA Tour event that I bet on a winner and got him to win, it was Joaquin, and he won his first event at the Greenbrier a few years ago. So it's a, it's a close one in my heart. I think Joaquin was easily my favorite young player on the tour. And speaking of like Chilean golf as a whole, Mito is the other one that's rumored to mm. be going, but I think he's really adamant about playing in the President's Cup. So I think we'll kind of maybe see that as the next one that falls to join. You know, these guys were all sitting around when – was, yeah, it was Joaquin that won. Mito and Sergio were sitting there waiting for him at the Genesis, right? Yep. Yeah, so I think you're going to see that that whole group in there. Definitely expect that. But I think Cam Smith and Jocko are clearly the big ones that we're going to miss. Like, all due respect to the other guys, like Leishman's kind of on his way out. Honor Bond, 
we only really know his name because he was relevant at the players and Colin hated his pants. And then <laughs> he hasn't been relevant in but, eight years. Yeah, probably, and and yeah. then Tringali is someone that's never won on tour. I think he is the poster child. walked past me on the street. I would have no idea who he is was. It triangle. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. And then HB3, like everybody loves him, but like I think his is one that is the least surprising to me. Like, because he's been on the tour he's for the like, least surprising. He was HB3? the least surprising to me a little mm-hmm. bit. Like other than ones like we knew were going kind of thing. But like he was just on the side of like, he's been on the tour for like 10 12 years or something at this point. He's never won, and he's just mm-hmm. kind of, he's always been relevant. Everyone likes him, but it's, he, he came out flat said, like, the money was just, it's, it was too much for me to say no because he hasn't had the success that we all want for him while still, like, being likable, and it's just kind of like, uh, he's going to enter that point where he can't necessarily compete at the highest, highest level anymore, where maybe his chances of winning majors aren't there anymore. So, like, you know, kind of take the money and run. Like, we, no one had any issue with Dick Bland going over there because... <laughs> Yeah, okay. don't compare HP3 to Dick Blood. Come on now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, it's the same kind of thing where like they, yeah. they haven't had a lot of success. I can he's understand. Still pretty young though, right? He's 32, I think, is what he is, something like that. HP, yeah, but I mean, he's newish on the tour, right? Yeah, but you can yeah. be successful into your 40s, like we've seen. Sure, but I think, I think the grind kind of wore off on him a little. Telly, bit. I think you make the continuous point is that we have multiple guys here on this list, and Honorbon. Harold Varner, Tringale. I mean, Joaquin's had some recent success, but these are guys that seem to, once again, not be able to win on the PGA Tour, and they're just taking a paycheck from Liv. And I think that Liv continually fights that. They say, we're just trying to build like a, you know, a, a very global golfing community, but they continue to take people from the PGA Tour that just don't have good winning records, and they just take the money. I mean, I think two things. One, I think like HV3, maybe that's the way to spin it if you are going to go and say, hey, I'm giving like 50% of this to charity or something. Like Maybe he will, and maybe he'll do a lot of good things, you know? Um, the other thing is I feel like it's surprising when an American golfer now go, I feel like now this kind of international versus us alignment that's happening. Like, I'm not really surprised that Chilean golfer or, you know, here he's, you know, representing India. Like, I mean, I, I can see that move and, you know, they have to travel to the, I mean, a lot of them have houses here, but they have to travel to the U S anyway. And the international appeal makes sense. Uh, I'm not trying to be an apologist for anybody, but I, I'm not surprised when I see an international person go, but when an American golfer like HV3 goes, it's definitely feels surprising to me because sure. with everyone else gone, they could really then carve out a space for themselves in the PGA Tour and benefit from all the stuff that the PGA Tour is about to start doing with more player uh, compensation and everything too. So it's Good not, point. you know, I, he probably would have had a better chance to win if he stayed. He would too, definitely be know? a guy that you'd think might be up there for like the PIP, pip program thing. Yeah. Especially with I mean, like HV3, Jordan, I looked it up, Jordan, right? he's made over $10 million on the PGA Tour, so it's not like he's hurting for money either. Yeah, he's not yeah. hurting for money, but it's, he's 10 years as a pro, $10 million relative Gave, yeah. to... The other players, it was kind of gave nine point nine to charity though. So I think there's one kind of thing that comes up in my mind when I think about some of these players going in, especially maybe some international players or people that maybe came from really humble backgrounds. Is like, from my perspective, I would say I wouldn't take the money, but that's because I come from a pretty affluent background. I think when you think about some of these guys, if they come from nothing, man, this kind of money is just like generationally changing. And I think it's hard. It's hard to pass up, especially like like when Abe Anser and Carlos Ortiz went. Like I know they came from very humble backgrounds in Mexico, and this is kind of money that can revitalize their entire city. Do we know the money offerings to these guys? Most of it's pretty private. Some of it comes out, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much money these I guys got. came out as like a hundred million or something like that. But otherwise I think it's all been relative. I think I might've seen HV three in like the 18 million range or something like that, but it's kind of hearsay. Just one more note on HV three before we move on. I know I'm biased, but <clears throat> I'd still respect these guys. Like, yeah, I'm disappointed. They went to live because I'm obviously not a live backer, but I appreciate that when they come out and say, yeah, I'd, did it for the money. Yeah, honesty and at least. I did it for the money, and HV3 is even better because he's like, I did it for the money, and I'm going to donate, like give it back to charity and get more kids involved in golf. That, to me, is like 
way more impactful than someone say, like trying Charles, to grow Charles with a third saying like, oh yeah, money had right. nothing to do with my yeah, decision. Like, or like yeah, flexibility okay, in your schedule right. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like just be like, honest about yeah, what you're doing. Seriously. We all know it's for the money. Just come out and say it. You don't need to like make up some other excuse. We're just going to see right through it. I mean, even Cam Smith saying he just is happy to be closer to his family, spend more time with his family in Australia. Like somewhat I get it, but I think that COVID plays into some of that recency bias too because I think that – He's as, he's as rich as he is. He can just fly on a private jet and get to Australia anytime he wants. So I agree. Even Cam Smith kind of beats around the bush getting a $100 million offer. But HV3, straight to the point, he's doing it for the money, and he wants that money that he thinks is going to do some really good, too. So does anybody have a little bit of concern? You know, we are going to the President's Cup later in the, the end of the month. You know, we, we're now seeing five people, that, or six people, actually, that were on the team in 2019 that gave the U.S. a great run you know, for their money. That are now at live and are ineligible to play, according to everything that's you know come out. That they are no longer going to be allowed to be on the team. And a little, a little disappointed there. A little worried about the the quality. Yeah, of tre- Trevor Immelman is for sure. Yeah, well, got to be. I'm asking about us, not Trevor. <laughs> Do I mean, like we probably have to look at the actual roster now, players that can. Actually well, I don't. Play. Yeah, I don't know if you guys. I don't know. Tell me if you've seen anything, but I'm not sure that these guys, because they're going to live, are off the international team. I don't know that. That's what I everything think they might. That's what everything like from the PGA Tour says they are not going to be allowed to compete. I'm not sure what say that the PGA right, Tour right, right. has, but they they seem pretty. Strict on. I mean, I think to your point, the, the U.S.'s product has certainly dropped quite a substantial amount, right? The team that's going to compete in the President's Cup for the U.S. side now is not nearly as strong as it was a year ago. So depending on what these players on the international side, like specifically Cam Smith, if he can or cannot compete, it's going to sway the needle hugely. But I also think that it might also make the President's Cup more competitive because it's been pretty much uh, the U.S. just stomping on the international team year in, year out. So I'm all for good competition, but you're right. It's probably decreased the product quite a bit. So in other words, do we think that this is going to be like our last wave for live for a while? I, I personally don't know. I think that these guys, their pockets are so deep that we still have a lot of big names out there. And I know Hideki was definitely approached for this current wave. And I think I've heard 300, 400 million for Hideki, seeing as how much weight he pulls in the Japanese market. I'm not sure we're done. And we also have to think about like what the teams look like. And then are there going to be people dropping in and out of live going forward? But uh, what do you guys think we're done or not? It seems, I don't know, it seems like a natural break between the end of the season for the PGA and the guys that were going to wait, and they, they you know, they wait till the end and left. And it's, it seems like this is maybe the end of phase two. Where, like, phase one was the first guys, phase two here. But I, I really don't, I mean, I know I don't know anything about the behind the scenes of golf, but, like, it seems like now, like, the players have all, every single player has made comments about whether they support it or not. And if any players, like, start shifting now based off what they've all said, um, it would look terrible. I mean, Cam Smith was just like no comment, no comment, no comment, and it pretty much meant he was leaving. But like these guys, it, to me, it seems like they're just they're they're they've drawn the line in the sand. They're kind of staring at one another, and they something needs to happen now. I mean, like I I, uh, I think I think this is kind of maybe something like a decade, or, but like it, to me, it seems like it's about to be about to be over. Yeah, I this, don't know. This seems like a huge milestone for yeah. Live because now you enter into the period where you don't have to compete with the PGA Tour. You're competing with like. What, the Corn Ferry Finals and the LPG. All the coverage so, is theirs, yeah. Yep. This is your opportunity to take the main stage. So yeah. I would think that they would have everyone that they knew they could get secured at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing I expect is maybe one or two more players post-Presidents Cup, assuming that, you know, like I said, Mito is one that's been rumored to yeah. be going, and he, but he has just posted some picture with the international like logo and stuff. So it's assumed he's going to be playing in that. That you may see like maybe one or two. Maybe you see Hideki go after that because he wants to. I don't. I don't think Hideki's going, but I think that that'll be the last wave until next season. Because everything I've read says 
the teams are going to be more stable, basically. Yeah. Next year. It's not going to be that kind of rotating where you don't know who's on what team. It's going to be like consistent throughout the year. So once once this season wraps, I don't really expect we're going to see a lot of names shifting back and forth. And then it's going to be, you know, at the end of the year, maybe you'll see someone jumps again and again, like as the money turns and we see that. The other big thing to add to that was like the Tiger meeting, like the Tiger mm-hmm. Rory meeting they hosted. Everyone that was there is pretty much in on PGA. Like you can't be, you, in that, think, yeah. you can't be in that meeting and be like a spy and then leave or whatever. But which is weird because Hideki wasn't in that meeting. It's I yeah, think that adds that more might to the, the drama. Of yeah, Hideki. might be the one. Yeah. So do you guys is it is it like slightly? Do you think like a guy like Cam Smith he approaches this? Do you think he's being any kind of hypocritical here? Like, do you think he was waiting to see the reactions of people joining Live, or do you think he was really just trying to see this season out? Like. If they approach him with a $100 million offer after the Open, why do you think he waited? Like, do you think he really just waited to see the PGA Tour plays, playoffs? Because that offer could have just come off the table. Like, what if he gets hurt or something like that? I'm trying to think, like, what was going through Cam's mind as he waited to, to take that offer? Because he knew his reputation was going to be shot. I mean, that's pretty much what's, what happened to him. I mean, he knew he just putting off the inevitable and wanted to finish the season. <laughs> and Obviously, like, I don't know. I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty surprised with all the guys that jumped – um, like Cam Young is a good example, right? Where Cam Young decided not to do it. Like right. I would, I thought more guys would have been like, actually, I don't want to look like a piece of shit for, in front of everybody. Basically. Do you think it was the PGA changes that really made him stay? Or do you think it was the, I don't want to look like this guy? That, I think that. I, I look pretty poorly on right. Cam Smith with this decision. I think him waiting as long as he did, I think that he was just trying to protect his image and stuff like that. And going for the money is one thing, but I think that Cam kind of just said, I don't want to enjoy the rest of my PGA Tour time, and I don't really appreciate kind of how he toyed with the situation. I honestly think he wasn't sure after the Open. I think the Open winning that and how that felt probably kind of maybe caused him like a, a little bit of a step back. Like he wasn't too rumored really you know, before that you know, the open win, like how, whether or not he was going to be going or not, that was never too much of a question other than like, oh, he's Australian caused maybe a little hesitation, but then maybe he had already signed the contract legally. He couldn't and back out and he just kind of his hand. I would like to say his hand was forced. It wasn't. He did. He wanted the money, but I would like to look optimistically on him. Do you think any of these guys are going to like crawl back to the PGA with their tail between their legs in a couple of years? I feel like Jay Monahan said like- no. Really? Yeah. I think that's such an interesting question is like, how do we go forward? I think think there's certainly like a grace period. Like if a guy, you know, you know, if you decide you want to go back to the PGA tour, you you quit live, maybe you have a year off. Maybe you got to probably requalify for the PGA tour. Just say you screwed up. Like and then come back. And God knows that their contracts with Liv are just not going to be that easy to sever for sure. But I think that there's going to be, you know, I just don't really, in my mind, I don't necessarily, and this is from an American's point of view, but I don't know if I see where Liv is really carving out their spot in golf. Like, I mean, I think that we're, Colin and I were talking about this, like the average Liv event and maybe in a couple of years, my mind changes. Maybe it becomes like way more fun to watch, but I just view it as kind of like a regular PGA Tour event. And it's not something I want to, have to absolutely flick the TV on for, and I'm not sure how they're going to make the money to recoup it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if these guys make their way back to PJ Tour and then what the ramifications are for leaving. I think it's going to be cool, like, looking forward to where the PJ Tour is going to be at in three years, four years, five years. We think, like, just think back on this year. We had Matt Fitzpatrick win a major, Cam Smith win a major, although he's to live now. Scotty Scheffler breakthrough this year. Like, who knows in two, th- two three years we're going to have completely new superstars on PGA Tour. Like, I know they have their guys, Rory, JT, John Rahm. But, like, th- there are guys on the Corn Ferry Tour right now that are going to, two, three years, they're going to be household names just like that. And maybe Cam Young saw his opportunities. Like, look, yeah. all these guys that I just lost to this year barely are now going to be on live next year. This is my chance to take center stage on the PGA Tour. That's a great point. 
I think we were certainly in a bit, four or five years ago, we were in a bit of a lull on the PGA Tour. We had our Jordan, our JT, and our Rory, but you're right, that second tier, one, you didn't know much about the guys, two, they just weren't playing very consistent golf, but as time goes on, man, you really see this PGA Tour, like a guy like Sung J.M. is a guy now you know a lot about, you can really get behind him, you can root for him, and he's purely like a second tier player right now. One one thing I, th- I was thinking about, Liv, is like, it, do you think it's like diluting golf from like, sport to kind of novelty or like a game necessarily like like a pj seems like a very serious sport and live seems to rely so much on just like the spectacle of it and the celebrity of it and the novelty of it like do you think there's a chance that like just the entirety of golf like the idea that the like the best in the world are all playing in one space like it just gets completely diluted and this like hurts it's going to hurt both of them basically right where there's no more de facto kind of best in the world space and it just gets like kind of broken up a lot. I mean, that, that's what I see like happening here. I, I would almost argue it was already at that point, like to like casual fans or people that don't really pay attention to golf. It was, it was never on the same level, never viewed the same as like other major sports, like a, a football, a, a basketball, baseball, even, you know, all those kind of sports that, you know, have those huge, huge deals that every you see everywhere. It's all over ESPN constantly, especially when Tiger kind of fell off a little bit, yeah. whether, you know, through injury or ability, whatever the aspect is. It always kind of had the reputation of like, oh, golf's not a sport. A lot of people will go out there and then play golf and be like, holy shit, this is really hard. But I think it kind of already had the reputation. So I think it could worsen it or I think it could go the other way where like because now they're going to push both sides to kind of make it bigger, make it more of that event, make it more mainstream. So I think it it's kind of a wait and see thing in there. Yeah, I was talking to Colin about this. I was saying how I think that golf is just in one of the best places it had been in two decades, and that this is probably going to seriously fracture the quality and what you're able to see. But I mean, I think in five years from now, Live is going to be looked at something that probably helped golf. But I know that their intentions were not to help golf; it was to make money. I mean, I know that they might say that. So I think in five years, I think everything will probably be back to normal, and golf will be better than ever. But I am disappointed with how segmented the coverage and stuff has been now. I don't think that the golf world is quite big enough to foster like the growth and profitability of live while also having a really good PGA tour. And it's interesting because we're talking about like the professional golf world, like PGA versus live, but golf, like for us, I don't know. I think it's going to continue to grow. I mean, we know better than anyone. Try to get a tee time right now. Try to get, trying an affordable tee time right now. It's like, everything's just blowing up and, I don't know. I think golf is continue is going to continue to become popular amongst the masses, but maybe as far as like how it compares, like the NBA, MLB, I think that's that might be a different story. Yeah, I think eyes are definitely on golf post pandemic. Everybody took it up because they could be outside. So I think it's a it gets a very make or break moment with everything that's going on. And like I said, Liv could fail horribly in flames, and that could work out, or they could somewhat succeed, and that could work out for golf as a whole. I, th- I don't think you're going to see the PGA Tour go away. I don't think Liv is ever going to supplant it. So I think it'll be all right. Yeah, I think at the core of golf, what why people enjoy watching it is because when you go out and play it, you're like, wow, this is hard. And then you watch golf because you like seeing the guys hit the shots you can't hit. And although some of these guys on Liv are super talented and they're going to be able to do that, it's like Liv is just not predicated on the quality of golf. It's predicated on like the spectacle of golf like you're talking about. So I think that maybe the inherent flaw to Liv is that it's just the reason people watch golf is because you want to see the best players in the world hit the best shots and compete against the best. And Liv just really doesn't bring that to the table. Anti-Liv second year. <laughs> uh, did you guys know Ben hated Liv golf? Well, I just don't I like, guess it's yeah. not support Liv golf. <laughs> 
I just don't think that the product they're putting out, I mean, I think there's like the legacy to golf is just not built around a 54 hole event that just like, right. They're having musicians perform. And I think it's great. I think it's fun. It's It's going to get people music. to come and watch and Ben's stuff like talking, that. but I'm hearing Rory's words come out of his mouth, <laughs> yeah. but you're just not going to, the reason you want to watch golf is because these guys are just unbelievable. All right. We'll be back in a second to talk about all the big player golf from this last weekend. Lots to come. Okay, we're going to give you a big players only update. Um, and I didn't participate in any of these events. <laughs> so there's, I, I hear there was a scramble. I hear there was a tournament or a, a Richland uh, pre draft round. 2v2. And there was, uh, well, that was FOP was scramble, right? FOP was scramble. I'm yeah. doing a terrible job introducing this. And there was the end of the league play. Regular incredible season. regular season. end of the regular season for so half got, half the bpo we got league play we got scramble and, and we, we got, got pre-draft 2v2 at richland 2v2 at richmond all right you want to you want to redo that <laughs> no, let's start with the league play wow. so did i do how did you, how no, you did, did great so we okay. finished up the regular season tully 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 wins the regular season Number one takes home a couple hundred dollar prize colin fourth ben eighth and then our uh our little uh Gimpy player of the year, Whoa. Josh, without his without his wrist uh, Are cast. Are you allowed to say that? He, yes. uh, he does not come in last, luckily. He comes in 31 out of 32, even though he played in a few weeks. So props to Josh for not coming in last. He'll compete for what we call the rubber chicken. It's the it's the tournament where the last eight guys compete for 20 bucks in this disgusting rubber chicken in the league. <laughs> Wait, honestly, I wasn't listening. Would you come in? Me, yeah. eighth. <laughs> eighth. Tully won, Colin four, Wait, Ben eight. You won? The regular season, babe. Number one overall seed entering the playoffs. So you know exactly how much you suck. That's that's pretty much what <laughs> Yeah, I, I hit right around my handicap nice one, every time. Cool. Versus Didn't you Kyle. win last year, too? I won my inaugural year. I won overall. Okay. And won a lot of money. It was great. Was I, like think two, two I think two of three. I think Tully, right? know, yeah. Tully knows exactly a little more than he sucks. <laughs> 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 I need to shoot like a 44 to you know hit my handicap. And I shoot like a forty-three, and then like have a bunch of like a what? random blow-up hole that gets dropped. And it works out. Perfectly. So what do you win? A golden chicken? Uh, I get two hundred dollars for the regular season, which is nice. Mm. And wow. No, no chicken, no, no chicken. chicken. I could buy a couple chickens. Two hundred dollars with a fried chicken. And you made Colin bring beers tonight? It, yeah. Well, I brought the last round of beers. I mean, it's only fair. Well, we'll see who takes home the playoffs because we got twenty-four. So we got eighteen guys, seeds nine through twenty-four. They'll all play this week, and then the top eight out of there will come and play the top eight seeds in a bracket-style playoff. So Tully, myself, and Colin all get buys this week. We're going to wow. slide out with Tip and play a little 18 holes, a little something fun at Musket. Um, but a really great year for us. Uh, we didn't have any weather issues this year. I think we had a, a wonderful season. We played a few 18-hole rounds. We played a little Bennett. We played Worthington Manor. Little Bennett, great track. Great track, right, Colin? Played it for $1 once. <laughs> Good deal. Of course, Funny. Alive. <laughs> Funny. But, yeah, a great season coming to an end. We'll update you on the playoffs here in a few weeks. Well, I'm the moderator. <laughs> so lead us into the next segment, Ken. Uh, FOP scramble. Let me ask you, Ben. Let me, what was your favorite part of that? My favorite part of that was uh, cracking my driver on like our ninth hole. We oh, were yeah. we were playing the third hole at Musket. So, it's in like a bit of a, I don't know. It's it's back in the trees a little bit. So I hit this drive and it made this hellacious sound. I want to know what the look on my face was when you hit that. I was like, that didn't sound. It good. was like oh, it was like it was like uh, hitting like an old Cleveland high board driver. Anyways, Dub looks over. Shot? 
oh, it was an okay shot. But then Dub looks over and goes, you definitely just cracked your driver. And I was like, oh, my God, I did. So I had to scramble around to try and find a new driver for our Saturday round in Richland. But uh, for the scramble, it was me, Tyler, Josh, and Tyler's brother, Kevin. He gets us in, deputy of the year. I tell you, our guy always gets us in. And we last year we won. This year we were looking to run it back. And we fell one short. We were so close, but unfortunately, I'm going to say we might have choked a little bit. I think we were hyping ourselves up a little bit towards the end. We were like, oh, easy. We'll go eagle birdie and win this thing by one. We ended up going birdie par, and we ended on par three, and I think it was our four worst tee shots of the day. <laughs> not even one sniff to Yeah, we did not come close to the green. Was, I think it, we also was made, it the easiest hole that we always start on? Then absolutely. Yeah, was, was that, it's 13? always that hole. Yeah. Always 13. I think the one the one key mistake we might have made was we were drinking consistently out the, throughout the day, but then like on our 16th hole, we got a transfusion and a shot from the cart girl, and it all kind of went downhill from there. Whenever you bring fireball into the equation, <laughs> it never ends well. On the we 16th hole. Yeah, we were just vibing. We were feeling ourselves. We are like, oh, we're cruising. We had eagled the first hole. We were probably, what, 14 under through 13. We're just like, oh, my God, we're going to shatter this thing. We're going to shoot like 20 under. So we get a little confident, have a little too much booze, and then it just kind of went down. Oh, yeah, the problem was when we went to the other par three and there's Scotty's Vodka handing out more transfusions. Yep. So we would go up there, have some Scotty's Vodka, another transfusion. Then we had the cart girl give us another transfusion and that shot of fireball. And, and Scotty, if you're listening, if, if we, we want to get Scotty on the uh, as our next sponsor. So if you're listening, Scotty, you know um, – you know, come by sometime. Absolutely, we're gonna hit you up, Scotty. We we'll have to hang out with you. So, so Colin, Ken, are we are we putting together right a team for next year's tournament? And we'll just find some uh, really really good golfer. I way better than find a new officer. Yeah, I got some police officers. I don't need a police officer. Yeah. Anyone can enter. I think we can get Jack to come up, right? Yeah, we'll get Jack to come yeah. up. That'd be perfect. Yeah, Jack. Jack Bonifant. Jack Bonifant. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be like he's he's quite the ringer, man. I tell you, you bring him to a tournament, they're gonna be like no pro golfers. Hey, yeah. speaking of drinking on the course, you guys uh, went up to Richland and played a little bit on Saturday, right? Yeah, so good, <laughs> a good two v two match at Richland. That's our that's our, our final big player round of the weekend. It was um, me and Colin versus our buddy Alex and Tyler. A pretty fun match. Uh, the course itself, I'm gonna be honest, it wasn't in the best shape. I mean, that's a course that it used to be called Hollow Creek. It back in its heyday. Man, it was up there with the Muskets and the Maryland Nationals and stuff like that. The course didn't play that bad. I mean, the fairways were okay. The greens rolled nicely, but, ooh, there were some little rough spots on that course. I found a couple bunkers on that round, and it was hard to even see out of them with the amount of tall grass on the edges that I don't know if it was a look they were going for or if they lost all their weed whackers or whatever happens. <laughs> Got stolen. Weed eaters. I, I got to ask, how was the uh, how what were the bunkers themselves? I remember when they first sold it, they literally just sold the sand that was in the bunkers, and you went on a plate, it was just like dirt. I don't think they bought any more since then. No, that's it, good. it was a lot of the, dirt. The first bunker I was in, I had to move it over because I would have been hitting a few rocks on the way through. Oh, did you let that fly? Yeah, I allowed it because I knew I'd be in there later <laughs> that day. It was funny, actually, when you mentioned the tall grass around the bunkers. I saw some golf account on Instagram a day or two ago talking about some of the longer grass at one of these nicer courses. He said, look at these, like, lashes on this bunker. Like, it was a nice thing. And I'm like, oh, that's probably what Richardson was going for, some nice <laughs> lashes on the bunkers. But, yeah, I don't even know what our final score and finished up. I think me and Colin were one up through nine. I'm, oh, sure, no, you guys, I'm sure Maven and I probably I think won. you guys did chase us down because in the, the last hole, I think – I birdied, but you guys stroked, made par, and won one up. It was a real close match. I was, I was telling everyone. Strokes? Uh, oh, we were getting plenty of strokes. <laughs> Probably like four side or yep, something like total. that. But I had the most Tyler round of all time where I think it went 46 on the front and then 38 on the back. So we had to have won the back. 
funny. The strokes were a little inflated because I showed up 15 minutes late to the tee time, rolled out of the car, stepped on the first tee, and birdied it. And then that's when we boom down the middle, 20 feet, made the putt. That's when we decided to play match play, and we probably were feeling ourselves. I think we probably would negotiated three shots, but then Colin birdies the first hole. We're like, all right, we'll give you four in the front, and that just we held that into the back. But then, yeah, Colin goes three eight, right out, hot out of the car, hot out of the car, three eight because I was hitting out of rocks in the bunker. All right, well, that does it for us from the Big Players Only Podcast. <laughs> this is where it's we play host, the music. This is your host, Ken. I really appreciate you know you guys really um, uh, being great fans. Yep, great week of golf for the VPO. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram, follow us, at Big so Players Only Pod, and shout out to our sponsor, Turner, at 4Craft Cocktails, at 4Craft Cocktails on Instagram. Give them a follow. Hit up their website. You can get these transfusions shipped right to your door. We'll see you next week.